listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Yes, today we are definitely diving in. We are diving right into Enneagram 4s. Thank you so much for joining Jen and I for these deep dive episodes. I have so much fun doing these. Getting to just stop and slow down and spend time on each type in an organized and systematic way has been so good in healing for all of us. And I know that those of you who love our podcasts, which are a bit peppier and a bit more conversational with guests that are coming on to talk about their types and their marriages are great too. So please check those out as well. But also just know the value of spending time with each and every one of these these types and learning about them. So I hope you're listening to all of them, even if you're coming on because this one is your type. They're really a gift because we want to all of us understand each of the other types and not be putting blinders on or thinking that only our type matters. We really want to put on the best of our type. We want to put on the best of four today with you fours. We want to learn from you and how to be more like you in the good ways. And we want us all to learn about how four can thrive in marriage today and how their spouses can learn about them and get support too. So back to our fours, they are all about authenticity and and we hope we just honor you guys today. I want to start out with a quote for our fours and I actually have two quotes today. I could not leave the beautiful Frida Kahlo quote that I I I really wanted to share with you. There was even too many to share from, but I found one. She is a true artist. Many of our fours are the artists, as you'll learn today, but she really was an artist. And her quote is, only one mountain can know the core of another mountain. And you'll hear us talk about the mountain analogy later on our show today, and it'll fit really well with this. But this only one mountain can know the core of another mountain really spoke to me about four because fours really look up and in at others. They are at that core of the mountain and they want to know it, examine it. They study others and they come around us and learn and even try to put themselves in our shoes. And they just espouse such compassion. So uh, the quote reminded me that when you really study another person, you can know them well and we don't have to be alone. And I think that's a message to fours, that you don't have to be alone. And I also think that's a message from fours, since fours are very good at sitting with us in our pain. The other quote I wanted to share that I think is very four-like comes from the movie Wonder that I've talked a lot about on this podcast. And I loved it because the quote is, it's not enough to be friendly, you have to be a friend. And I think that out of all of the people in my life, I think that fours have shown up in a very big way to be a friend, a friend of depth who is not afraid of pain. And gosh, that just speaks to me so much. The fours in my life have shown me that they're very safe with that. So we take the good with the bad. We have all of us things that we're amazing at. And I just hope that you have a four in your life so that you can be blessed like I've been. But I also hope that you are a four 
that you'll understand just your own balance and you'll find it so that you can bring the joy and bring the depth as well. And I know you do that and I know you do that in your unique way. So let's dive right into fours. Before we get there, don't forget you can grab our deep dive four guide, which is about 30 pages of material diving so deep into marriage tips and spousal tips and tips for coaches working with fours and tips for fours themselves to learn to relax and to put on different spaces within themselves so that they can get as healthy as possible. We talk about the etiology of a four in more depth than we get can do in a 45-minute podcast, but I just want you guys to know those are all there waiting for you at enneagramandmarriage.com. But let's jump right in. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Krista. I'm so happy to be here. Well, we are talking all about fours today, and it's a perfect little cloudy, melancholy afternoon for doing so. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> oh, yes. That aligns perfectly with the four for today. Yes, it does. And we love our fours because they bring us so much depth, and we just really appreciate how they can read our emotions, sometimes even when we can't, right? Oh, yes, definitely. If anyone knows a four, they will know that their four may know how the other person is feeling before they eat. Even know about it. Exactly. So we are going to jump into all things for today on this deep dive. And don't forget to use our accompanying PDF guide. We've been getting some great responses from those as we really tried to create them to shape for you guys a sense of how a four grows in marriage, how a four lives through every season in marriage, and even levels of health and development for fours across when they're really healthy, when they're dysfunctional, when they're moderately stressed, so that you can have a gauge for where you could be and where you are, and even have some awareness of, oh my gosh, these are some steps I could take to be healthier. So super excited to jump in with you guys and with you, Jen. Yes. I think you gave us a little tease, but can you tell us more exactly about an overview of type four? Absolutely. So type fours are often thought of as the creatives or the individualists or the romantic and they're idealistic, as you know. And if you're a four, you definitely know that you have high ideals for yourself and for your marriage and for others. And there's a strong sense of justice that goes with the four because they're right between that three and five. And so they have the ability to be very deep thinkers and contemplatives, as well as to be great achievers. It's a very interesting spot in the Enneagram as well. When you look at it from a geographical map, you see the four toward the bottom of the Enneagram. And there's even what's called the dark night of the soul next to the four. It's almost a dropping off point of sometimes the four can head into despair at their darker moments, but in their, in their healthiest of moments, they're not just an idealist, but they're somebody who also is grounded and able to move and to get into action. Yes. And I hadn't thought about the location on the Enneagram and how big of a role that plays. That's really interesting to me. Yeah, it really is. And I like the tree analogy of the Enneagram too. There's a few different analogies I like with it, but the tree analogy suggests that as we have the cycle of life with a tree, that almost when the seed goes underground and dies a little bit and goes into the depths, that it's not dead there, it's growing and it's bringing new life, but that we have to have this season of resurrection after we first have this depth. Does that make sense? Yes, completely. I love that analogy. That's really cool. I wonder if we can find a picture of the Enneagram as a trait. I definitely, we should do that because there's some okay, people to who share. have done yeah. Yeah, a whole podcast on that. And I think that that would be fun to discuss with you. 
So also the analogy of the mountain is that the, we have the eights, nines, and ones looking down from the mountaintop. I heard this from Catherine Favre. We have the twos and sevens kind of flitting around the sides, making things light and being a little lighter. And then we have the um, sixes and threes kind of policing and walking around and making sure everything's okay on the ground around the mountain. And then we have the fours and the fives from underneath looking up into the mountain. And I think that was a really cool analogy too. That's a beautiful analogy. I love that. We're definitely going to have to get some art on this and put it out there. It's really cool. I like this. I know lots of artists, so this would be really cool. Um, Or artists listening, obviously fours listening. You have to do something with this. This is so fun. Tag us if you do so we can see it. But we just, we love you fours because you bring us those inner depths and you look up at what could be and you help us to be what could be. And you tell us that we can slow down. And fours, I think might be the slowest, even though I wouldn't say they're the ones with the least energy on the Enneagram. I would say they're the slowest moving and they think and and feel in terms of textures and materials and often um, really get more than the rest of us do from stories that they read or from things that they look at visually because they're really taking it all in and taking their time. So I love that. And I love their ideals. Um, But sometimes in this their spouses and family and friends can feel like they're going too slow or taking advantage. So that can be hard and they can be so lost in contemplative feelings and thoughts that can become their fixation of just staying in this space, idealistically allowing themselves day at a time to just completely process instead of using their day for function. I was just going to ask you, do you think that is one of their main blind spots in marriage? I do, uh, especially a young four who has not yet had to deal with the wear and toil of having bigger responsibilities like children and bills and everything can collapse if you don't take some time with your family. And fours can forget sometimes in their ideals for what it could be as they're getting lost in these thoughts and feelings and dreams that there's a whole world of family around them that needs support. And especially like you alluded to their spouse. Yes. Okay. I can appreciate that. Now, can you tell us a little bit about the passions and the fixations and the defense mechanisms of a four? Yes. So I wanted to let you know that the four really does deal with the, the fixation of the contemplations that I've just, they can be very contemplative and go into melancholy with their thoughts. But what really kind of drives that forward is their passion of envy because they're thinking that their world should be different and that is hard for them. So they look to the right and to the left sometimes and say, you know, it should be this way. I see this as an ideal and it doesn't mean only on social media, although that can be a huge place for a four looking at other couples and dreaming of their relationship and what it could be, or if they're single, a relationship that they want, that can certainly be a huge part of it getting stuck in envy, but it can also just be within their own marriage, envious of what could be because they are so gifted at seeing things visually. And then of course that does drive that inner contemplative nature. It does drive the melancholy fixation as well. And I'll pause there to make sure you got that. Yeah, no, I completely follow that. That makes a lot of sense about their envy and how it's showing up as a painful sense of lack and a craving toward what is felt to be lacking. Yes, exactly. And they also can use the defense mechanism of introjection where they're introjecting everything negative about themselves and really kind of dealing with that too, in terms of not really asking others 
to help them out of that, but just, okay, somebody told me something bad about myself or I had something bad happen. And now I'm taking it all in, in holes. I'm not going to separate that out and let it sift and give myself much grace. I mean, I'm usually going to even maybe take it to self-loathing and that can be hard because then there's excuses that come with that, but this is why, and here I'm a victim. And now we're back to the envy. So it's important for everyone listening to remember that our, whatever type you are, these vices also called passions can be with you at almost all times and these fixations. So you have to really notice and become curious. Oh, noticing I'm in envy again, noticing I'm in melancholy again. So that'll help you to be aware of it. I'm interjecting again. I'm going by holes um, instead of like, maybe that was just partially true of me in this one moment, or maybe that person might've even been wrong or having a bad day themselves. These are important steps for a healthy four to take. Yes. I completely agree about the self-awareness. That's huge. So how does their virtue come into play here? As far as the virtue, that is going to be a term called equanimity. And I like to just say equality because it helps fours to remember that you're not worse than anybody else out there, that everyone is equal. Everyone is special. Everyone is unique. And that's of course a key feature of fours is that they, they do in their longings and ideals, know that they're gifted, know that they're artistic, know that they're creative and they want to be special. Um, but sometimes they can think if I'm not the only special one, then I'm the worst. And then sometimes they can rank themselves above others if they do have some times or moments when they think I'm better than everybody else. So it can really trigger them on either end. And the best way for four to be is to realize we're all beloved. And I've loved to use the phrase that I got off of a book, broken, but beloved. And so that way fours can really just take a nice deep breath and realize oh my goodness, like I have worth on my good days and my bad days. I have worth when I'm in the dregs of despair and when I'm at the heights of joy. And even when, and I think this may be the hardest one because they're part of the heart triad and they look to others to tell them about their worth sometimes, even when somebody else isn't giving me all the attention I want, I'm still beloved. Very good. Excellent. That is such an important thing for force to remember. Hmm. Well, thank you for just, you know, caring so much about the fours with me. I know you do too. And I know you get it as a one. We'll talk about arrows in a few minutes, but you guys have some arrows to each other. So you probably have some extra compassion for fours. Yes. And I need to go there more. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yes. That's a good word for fours and ones. You guys need to go to each other's spaces more. So I'm hinting about that, but I think next we're going to talk to you guys about etiology because Jen knows I'm eager to talk about that today. Please tell us more about it. Um, So we are really looking at fours when they are kids and you can't always tell. It's not always the same story, but generally speaking, sometimes a four is a firstborn or an only, or somebody who's just deep and creative as a child and has this whimsical nature that can engage others and really um, bring others out with just watching them and doting upon them. And sometimes they might even be part of a triangulation with parents where the parents are giving the four more attention than each other because of this mesmerizing Pied Piper effect of the four. And I think that they can get used to making people swoon with their whimsy and they're just absolutely lovely. So I think that, and, and this goes for males too. I mean, they're just emotionally deep people who bring us to such depths that we want to be with them. And I think that parents who uh, have had a four child 
have noticed that this child carries a lost essence that the parent wants. And so uh, having a four child myself, I have even felt this pull. And so it's important that the four realize, even though they might feel like, gosh, I'm causing my parents to fight, or maybe I'm looking back at myself on a child and seeing the role I played, understand that your, your history is so much bigger than just you. And your family has had many, 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 many generations of people, and we all have strengths, areas of weakness, problems, all of that. And so just allow yourself as a four to take a deep breath and to know, even if you felt like things were odd growing up, or um, a lot of fours feel like they were, like I said, triangulated or favored, just remember that everybody is equal and that you don't have the weight of having to carry your parents burdens or your extended family's burdens. I know you have a deep care and compassion and you actually want to, and it makes you happy to do that. But as you think about how you got formed as a four, just understand that you are beloved and you do belong because that's the last piece of their ideology is sometimes feeling like because there's strife and issues, maybe I wasn't wanted, or maybe it would have been better if I wasn't born. And those are reasons why fours sometimes get driven to addiction. So it's important for fours to really come to terms with their dark night of the soul and to realize they have worth, even if their family story isn't perfect and to realize nobody's family story was perfect. That is going to be such a blessing for so many fours just to hear all of that. And for all of us to remember, because no one's family story is perfect and we all carry the baggage from our childhood or, you know, just the current situation we're in. So that's a very good reminder for all of us. Oh, yay. I'm so glad we all need that reminder. And I also know that we all have God-given gifts. So we just have gifts. Um, and some of you might not be people of faith, but you you have gifts. You have things that you are good at. And, and that's part of your foreness too. It's not all out of trauma. So, but let's talk a little bit more about our precious fours. What other questions do you have? So I was curious, how can the fours use their arrows for growth? You had talked to me about the one arrow, and that's actually the first spot that's really good for a four to go to when we talk about what are some complementary types that the fours can learn from, because fours are generally not feelings inhibited, but doing inhibited. And ones are very good doers. And I'm blessed to have you, Jen, as an executive assistant and a coach on my team, because you're a very good doer and we get a lot done because of you. And that four space especially because I have a four in my tri-type and tri-type is a, a deeper concept we talk about in other episodes. Some people like tri-type, some people don't adhere to it, but it helps us sometimes to look at our deeper spots. And so for a four, when you look at your one space, it really gives you the impetus to say, oh, I'm going to get a list for my day. I'm going to get some routine and some structure, and I'm going to come out of my mesmerizing space where I don't allow myself maybe on social media that day, or I maybe do my workout first thing in the morning because it offers me the chance to really get physical. And again, when we're doing inhibited, we need that, especially because with the four, the angsty feelings can take over so much at these losses that they experience not only the losses from childhood, but also the losses of marriage that they experience on a daily basis because their marriage doesn't meet their full ideals in a lot of moments and seasons are long in marriage. Maybe right now you're listening and your marriage is meeting all your ideals. And I would recommend come back to this episode um, in the years to come and you'll have maybe a different season where you have to say, ah, okay. So when my ideals are not met, how shall we then live? And basically the answer to that is get moving. 
get in touch with your body. And so that way you can really um, wake it up and get healthy endorphins going and not just use social media tools and envy and melancholy to be your best friends, but to also allow action and direction routine and, and use your mind, use your five wing, use your three wing. And we'll talk a little bit about wings, but, but those are the main things. And we go a lot deeper than that in the deep dives, but from the one arrow, the next place that fours really do well to, to hold space with is the, the space at two. And that two brings them much, much levity. As I mentioned, when I gave you the mountain analogy, the twos are flying around. They're also in movement. Um, and basically the twos are helping others. And one of the best ways that we can treat depression and melancholy in our lives, and this is psychologically studied, is through volunteerism. And twos really help others and fours do as well when they can come out of this place of self-indulgence because they can be a little bit more selfish than some of the other types in that way. And it doesn't mean they're bad. It just means that they tend to be so deep that they're spending a lot of time as often an introvert or thinking so much or feeling so much or trying to process what's going on that they forget to step out and to help. And that will lift them up to just like the action. And I hope that all makes sense as we go around that Enneagram together with the four arrows. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And that movement is very important that they first go to the one and then go to the two. Yeah, it really is because it's hard to help others when you yourself are depleted. But when you're like, Mm -hmm. I'm in my routine, I'm getting things done at one, all of a sudden, guess what? The self-esteem goes up. I feel better about myself. And there's less of a push pull with others because there's less of a weight of everyone else has to define me. If you just bounce from four to two all the time, neither of those types has a sense for for really full on self-esteem. And so it's nice to go to the one who says, I can be logical, I matter, I do what's right, and that feels really good. And then the four is often very ethical in that one space too. So I agree with you, that's important. But I don't want the force to forget their fourness in all of this. And one little sneak, um, not sneak peek, but one little deeper dive for us here on this episode with our fours is sometimes they can get so lost in their thoughts that they forget to go even to their own feelings. And I know that might be a shock for people that are not forced to hear but I'm sure fours are vigorously nodding to hear. Yes, we can get so lost in what we're contemplating and fantasizing about that we forget to even have our own feelings, to allow ourselves some lament. So those are a few for tips, tips for fours and their arrows. So talking about arrows makes me immediately think of wings. So how can the four use their wings to improve themselves as well? Well, really with wings, we really like to encourage fours since you're so good with the the art and style and these textures and materials and beauty that the the three wing is sitting right there for you to display it. And so threes like to share that glorious side of themselves. And it's also very active and even aggressive type. So when you are in your three wing as a four, it allows you to make moves that are creative and it allows you to show your style and your artistry out in the world, just not keeping it all within. And so you need the four time of, you know, contemplation and taking your time, but If you take all the time, you're never going to produce anything. And three is a very productive wing. So it's a really nice move for you if you're a four to say, today I'm going to spend some time in my three wing so that I can put some 
something to this whole uh, idea I've had lately. I'm going to put some layers on it, or I give myself 20 minutes every day to do this or three hours depends on the season for the four and what they're trying to create and produce, but it just gets them moving. And then after they've had some time to, um, to get moving, of course, when they go to their five, they can research and they can find uh, just the very best ways to explore and to discover and to innovate. And there's probably no place that's deeper and richer than that space on the Enneagram between the four and the five. So it's a beautiful space for them to both think deeply and feel deeply. And so now they can relate with everybody. They're displaying it with three, they're moving in their one, they're helping others with their two. And this is just such a lovely depiction of a four moving all around in health. And it takes intention. It takes time. It's Life is not a perfect balance, but these are the best moves for a four generally in life and in marriage. Oh, that is beautiful. I love so much what you said about using their three error to be productive, because I have seen that with an artist friend of mine who can get stuck very much in the four and just producing, but maybe not finishing things and getting the recognition that she deserves. So being able to do that and move to the three space that she can, you know, finish projects and be productive and also make it lucrative as well. Oh yeah, that's true because that's a really good reminder of how that four could be self-sabotaging. What can you tell us about the subtypes, the three subtypes of a four? Well, I really think that the first subtype I'm going to mention, the countertype is the four self-preserving. And I think that that self-preserving four, we think of it usually when we say self-preserving as somebody who likes materials and safety. And that's true for anyone who is self-preserving in a general way with instincts. But what we really look at with this deep lens and why it's the counter type to the four is this four doesn't show up as melancholy on the out word appearance. This four shows up more as sunshine, sunshiny, rainbows, cheerful, and happy, but they're doing a lot of the self-sabotaging on an inward basis like the four um, is known to do, and, and they're not giving it out as much to others. So there's not much of a reduction of or stress relief the way the other two fours do, um, where they're like laying it on thick and laying it out into the world. The self-preserving four is trying to self-preserve by not making waves. But what's happening is it often implodes and it can bring addictions out in marriage, um, all kinds of issues in marriage because they're not really sharing or asking for help. And they're sometimes called tenacious as a grouping because they're really, they're, they're, there's just so much grit. There's so much hard work to this for, but the sabotage comes when they don't really reach out for help. And when they just kind of maybe even verbally berate themselves on the inside. As I said, fours can be very self-punishing and not thinking of themselves very good. That's hard to pair with hard work because then you have to realize, okay, not only do I not like myself and everyone's better and I've got envy and melancholy, but I have to project this image of happiness and joy. And that's just exhausting, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes complete sense. Yeah. And in marriage, it can be hard for the spouse to feel like they really know what's going on. And it can be harder for this spouse to be honest and open. And and yeah, I think this four has more secrets when they're not healthy. And then we have the social four 
who really does share everything and sometimes is thought of as the Eeyore personality from Winnie the Pooh, but there's lots of different analogies we could give to um, the sad person. I'm thinking of Puddle Glum from Chronicles of Narnia. I'm pulling way back there from old literature. Um, I'm going to give one more here. That's This is so funny that I like all old literature. People have to bring me to modern, but Sense and Sensibility, Marianne. <laughs> So going actually farther back. Yes, I can see that at the four. Yes. Yes. And you know, with all your Jane Austen studies, because Jen has a background where you went to England and you have an English literature degree and you studied them, right? Austin and Bronte and everything. I did. Yes. I studied them in England. And during that time, I was very involved in that literature. But now looking back, I can see there was probably a lot of fours back then. And that would be an interesting discussion to do one day talking about maybe the different Enneagram types in different time periods. Oh, my goodness. That is so fun. I absolutely am all there with you, Jen. You guys know this is like Jenna's a godsend. When I tell you she's a godsend, I mean it. She went to England to study Jane Austen and the Brontes. that's a little aside, but back to this Bronte's, you know, yes, some could make arguments that they have other personality types and I would do that, but, but also there's this fourishness to them talking about the Moors and this social four is all over the place with that. And so they really do get a lot of their stress out and they can be very productive citizens as they lament publicly to others. Um, and there's nothing wrong with lamenting as long as this four knows that there's a limit similarly to what we say to sixes is, you know, there has to be a limit on your, whether it's worries or laments, and this four can be more anxious and neurotic and even mistype as a six. Um, and that's important for your marriage and for your spouse to get to see other sides of you, for you to get to see other sides of you. So that action, that, those uh, arrows are just such a great place for this four um, um, to one and to two. And then lastly, the sexual four or the one-to-one or intimate four is a four who um, deals with anger and rage sometimes in marriage. I was talking to a sexual four the other day. And I said, what is the secret that people don't know about you and how you struggle because things look so good on the outside? And they said it was really, it is anger. And of course, like other fours, they can have envy and jealousy, but there's a brooding to this four and a placing of shame onto partner or others when they feel the inward self-loathing um, and they can blame others for it and victimize. And, and it could go down to the worst. It could go up to the best. This four is also very good at truth-telling. They usually have a very, very strong, intelligent um, demeanor and they can lean so hard on the three and the five to make them absolutely excellent at a professional in a professional sense and truth tellers. And I've heard Catherine Favre say this four can, um, you know, be the one to tell the emperor they're not wearing any clothes. So it's, it's a very fascinating four, but it can be exhausting in a relationship if it's relentless. And if it, if it's belonging to a person who's not allowing their own work to be done and just blaming everything on others. So this four needs to take a lot more personal responsibility if they're not in a good space and to do those action steps and to allow their laments to become songs of gratitude sometimes. And that can simply be done by saying, I'm going to take a few minutes for a lament or even up to a half an hour um, and privately with God or with my spouse. And then I can, um, get into some physical fitness and some gratitude practices where I write down 10 or 20 things I'm grateful for and now make some plans for the day. And you know, I have my freebie on that with my prayer refresh cycle at the enneagramandmarriage.com website, just because I know fours might need that more than others. Yeah. And I love what you said about setting a time limit. And I think that is really important in marriage, especially for a couple that maybe they need to give their spouse the time limit or ask their spouse what an appropriate time limit would be and let them set it. 
Um, but I think that's important because otherwise sometimes they can never get to the bigger issue if the four is always in limit. Yes, absolutely. That's exactly it. So I think that that leads us right into our marriage tips for our fours also, um, because I really want fours to feel prepared. And I do want you to know there's a lot more tips in the deep dives. As I read them uh, before we prepare the episodes, I'm always shocked by how much information is in there. And I'm just indebted to my Enneagram and marriage certification students and to you also, Jen, for helping to make those um, as deep as they are. So thank you for that. Well, you're welcome. But I think it honestly was a team effort. It seems like, you know, you gave such a good foundation and then your students and I was able to add to all of it and just to give it a lot more depth as well. But there are so many tips on there. So could you just share just a few of them, maybe the most important? Absolutely. Um, so and see how I get lost in my four. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, the whimsy. Thank you. Um, but it's true. So, uh, <laughs> so I really do want to say to four spouses and fours um, that it's okay to understand that your spouse is not perfect and that they never will be. And you don't just have to have the most romantic, passionate sex life, um, dating life, um, conversational life. But sometimes you just have to really be able to see that your spouse has different gifts from you that are going to not only drive next generations forward or help you to balance your work life with your home life more, but also just bless you personally because they are different and they can bring you other perspectives or reminders that even the doldrums of life are beautiful. I once heard a story where this young couple was judging an, another couple in the devotional nightlife. Um, night, night light, not nightlife. <laughs> That'd be a funny devotional, <laughs> but, um, but really it was a beautiful story because it said that, um, this couple was judging the older couple for not being close and kind of being boring. And then they looked under the table and they had been holding hands the whole time. And that is just one space. I don't want a four to go into envy with right now and say, Oh, but me and my spouse see, we don't hold hands either. I want you to go to the space of, Oh, love looks different on different people. And perhaps investigating the, the truity new seven love styles test that's on my mind. Cause we just are at the same point when this is coming out. Um, but check it out. If you haven't over at truity.com, or you can look at the recent episode we just did on this. It's important that you start looking at what does my spouse give me instead of what don't they give me? And the happiest of couples often called swan couples are couples who are able to choose to see the good. And that takes a lot of effort, frankly, when you have a four and a one going on because they have both of those types. So they could be critical or whimsical and idealistic. And so it's just so important to be able to do that look. And I get that very much. I have to do the same thing. So I really want to encourage you guys in that. All right. And then one more tip for fours in marriage is that it's important that they also show up for their work life and their chore life. Because I know that sounds sort of boring to a four to hear this, but because you're so good at textures and you're taking your time, your spouse might be going fast so that you can go slow. Um, so take some inventory on what they're doing and ask them, how can I be loving you now that I'm clear and I'm seeing the ways that you love me? 
it's also important for me to ask, how can I love you and what would be helpful? And if you can't go fast, that's okay. Like my four and my one really don't do many dishes in our home because they really go slowly with dishes and we have a big family. So we have a lot of dishes going on any given day and everyone likes to cook, including the four. So it's, you know, it's practical that me as a seven and my nine and my six do some of the faster chores and that they do um, things that beautify the home and make them different in different ways, but that they can actually work at that a little faster. So it's a practical tip for a four, but it's really important and useful because life is also very practical. So if you can't do a set of dishes in 15 minutes, can you straighten a house and bring your beautification to it? Can you dust? Can you vacuum while you're listening to your headphones and your Taylor Swift, sad autumn girl, lonely version, whatever. Um, Make sure that you find ways that you can find these side routes to bless your family so that you're not lost in contemplative, like great things all day, but just you know, that's not how life is. You have to give some of that, but you also have to put in your work and ask your spouse, what do they like and give it to them, even if they're not perfect. And I hope that makes sense to you, Jen. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's a great reminder for us all to remember when it comes to things like chores or what our gifts are is some people just don't have the gift to do certain things and it may take a lot longer. And so if we can just remember that for any type, it could have a lot more harmony in our household. Yes, I think so too. And I think you're right that any type listening, even if you're not a four, we all want to have the best of each type within us. So let's try to remember that and also try to remember to espouse the four in the ways that we also allow our fours to bring us in. So if you're the spouse of a four, allow them to bring you to the depth sometimes. And also make sure if you are the four that you don't make you know everybody stay there with you all the time. I know you love your sad mood movies and songs, but let your spouse bring you up. And then spouses, let your four bring you to the place of depth so that the tears can be shed and you guys can move on. I'm thinking of Ecclesiastes, the ancient wisdom, that there's a time for joy and there's a time for crying and mourning and laughter, but you have to be able to give some balance to your life if you're with a four or you guys could get swallowed up by the pain. Um, and, and let me tell you, fours can also get swallowed up by joy and laughter and in their ideals, they can be extremely happy. So it's more of, instead of the, the full swings, it's allowing yourself to roll to the middle a little bit. Oh yes. And that brings us beautifully to the end where we just all need to work on balance. Mm, Yes. Really true. Even with your subtypes, Mm -hmm. if you heard yourself in a subtype, try to work on integrating some of the other subtypes. And same thing goes, if you are thinking, oh man, I'm a heart person, try to integrate that body and thinking, and you guys are just going to be on your way. So don't forget to check out the deep dive episodes. Also, Jen is on Facebook, right? Yes, we, our group is growing by leaps and bounds at Enneagram and Marriage on Facebook. And now we're doing Enneagram and Marriage Pod over on Instagram, in addition to your Instagram page, Enneagram and Marriage. So there's a lot going on and so much info out there that you can learn. It's awesome. I'm so glad. Yes. Well, thank you. I love that you and your oneness have taken over Enneagram and Marriage Pod. So like she said, now we have a podcast page. So she's going to be giving you guys just reminders because we have over a hundred episodes from the past. And some of us don't like to go backwards. Of course, fours do their past focus. We talk about that in our deep dive guide, but, but if you're not one to go back, go ahead with us, but also go behind and visit Jen at Enneagram and Marriage Pod, as well as my page over at Enneagram and Marriage at Instagram. Instagram and yay about your Facebook growing, Jen. Thank you so much. 
Oh, you are so welcome. It's been so fun. And also it's just sometimes great to have reminders about past episodes that would you know, be helpful to us as we're going through these deep dives on four, maybe you're like, this is a bit much, I need to, you know, just get the basics of a four. And then I can refer you back to that basics episode to kind of get the foundation and just to learn more about, you know, the initial stuff that we you talked about in the first seasons, I think is really useful and also fun to go back and, and see what we talked about in the past and then see where we're going in the future. Exactly. And we talk about fours with every other type in marriage and we have glow guides for fours with every pairing that we sell on any So you guys are covered. We've got all these freebies and fun things for you. And I hope you'll stick around. Yes. And- I hope so too. And grow with us. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you, Jen. I'll talk to you soon guys. Thanks Krista. Bye everyone. Okay, Bye. I'm so glad you guys took some time with us. I hope that you will have such a great day and don't forget to grab your four guide if you just really want to step into growth and you really want a roadmap for doing so. And don't forget to share this journey with others if you know fours in your life who would benefit from this podcast or from the deep dev guide or from the glow guide where we talk about fours with every single type. So you can find all of that at anygrammarriage.com. But I hope you guys have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as enneagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.